This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. All right, uh, here we are hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall. Cannot wait for this one. Cannot wait for this one. What are we talking suggestion. about? It yeah. was a good suggestion. Suggested by a listener to talk about quote unquote cults. And I, I'm like, okay, cults, tell me more. And the more was, well, like, you know, and went in to explain a lot of things that may or may not be a cult, um, including, uh, you know, uh, extremist movements, um, you know, Antifa. Um, Blue oyster cult. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of things. And so I, I said, I got to research this one because in psychiatry, we don't really study cults, extremism, terrorism. That's not part of our curriculum, right? So I really had a good time studying this one. And as I, when I talk about topics, you know, science has a language about certain topics, you know, and, and like my language is psychiatry. Um, I'm not fluent in this language I'm getting ready to speak about today, right. but there's a lot of overlap with my native tongue yeah. of psychiatry, right? So it, that's why it fascinated me. And, I, and I, so analogous to your uh, cloud expertise, I am not a uh, cult, terrorism, extremism expert relative to people who really like research this. Right. But, you know, it's close to my native tongue, so it I found fascinating. Maybe I can pass on some helpful information to people because I found it completely fascinating. You're not an expert, but you're going to play one on the radio tonight. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you this. Anytime I come across a podcast about cults, oh, I'm all in. Yeah. I will listen to that. And then not like a... Yeah, if it's this kind of thing, if it's kind of explaining like how someone's story went, how they got sucked in, and all that, yeah, like yeah. I'm fascinated. Yeah, by it, it is fascinating. Well, I'm going to throw out some words and let's talk about uh, let's define the topic. Okay, you asked me what the topic was. So, extremism, mm-hmm. cults, gangs, terrorism, conspiracy theory. Oh, that's a wide God, that is range. Very wide. I would not put some of those in the same bubble. Okay, which ones? Uh. Gang, well, hmm, yeah, well, well, to me, gang strikes me as a little bit different, um, just because, you know, sometimes I don't know. Like I've read um, Jill uh, Leovi's book uh, Ghetto Side, and it talks a lot about like the formation of gangs and what happens when the state doesn't, you know, exercise a monopoly on violence and all that. Which I think of as a little bit different sometimes when you think about sort of what feel like way in left field, like religious cults or you know Heaven's Gate. That seems like a very different kind of motivation necessarily from a, or it's gangs a street that, gang. Yeah, I think so. Like it's protection and like. Yeah. Uh, but well, there was one other one you said that I thought extremism, uh, cults, mm-hmm. gangs, terrorism, conspiracy theory. Okay. Maybe terrorism is the one I would not also batch into that. But either, either way, they, I do know they can all be connected. There's no okay. question. Well, so, well, how are they connected? Well, I think that... Um, Strong. It, well, I was going to say that, you know, uh, conspiracy theories and extremism obviously mix those two things together. You get terrorism a lot of times, as we have seen. Interesting. Okay. I would certainly say... terrorism see. was the one you thought you'd leave out there, but I got you. Okay. Yeah. I would say the tie that binds there might be ex- like extreme devotion. Oh yeah, yeah sure, hundred percent. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, I agree with that no. totally. And and in that way, certainly gangs do seem to fit in that category. Yeah, right, yeah. right. It, devotion is something that, um, in some cases, can be violent. Yeah, and so also maybe we should add college football. Well, you 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 <laughs> could expand this to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Charles so, Barkley talked about that the other day. Well, yeah. so is essentially what you just expanded it to is mm. my old friend topic, groupism. Sure. Yeah. 
ultimately, we're going to circle back around and we're going to talk about groups again yeah. to some degree because that is what we're talking about. And, and the awesome uh, guest you had before me, Joel. Joel Pryor, yeah. yeah. Yep. Y'all were talking about groups all over the place. Sure. Naming them by, by name, you know, terrorist group or um, you talked about KKK. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about groups again and how people are drawn to groups that you wouldn't be drawn to, which sure. is really what fascinates people because most people think, I think, that most people would probably say, you know, I, I wouldn't be drawn to a cult, right? But people are, and people are surprised even about themselves that mm-hmm. they're drawn to that. So that's the fascinating part about this. All right, so to kind of define the way I'm going to use the terms tonight, sure. um, because they're used all over the internet in different ways, let me tell you a little bit about the way I do research. So um, I'm fairly scientific, try to, be, try to read scientific articles. I came across a book on extremism um, by... I'm bad with names. J.M. Berger. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from the MIT Essential Knowledge Series, a great series of books. They get knowledgeable people, experts in the field, to give a, a, a broad, introductory, accessible book. Like a 101 kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Into a number of different concepts. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, very current concepts. Yeah. I love the list of, I mean, I could go over the list of books they have. It's fascinating. So this one was called Extremism. Um, so I read that, and then I went to the internet and found a lot of research on other things because it seemed, when I talked to individuals, a lot of people used the term cult when I thought they may have meant extremism hmm. or um, terrorism when I, thought they, when I thought they meant an extremist group. Interesting. Um, and so, and conspiracy theorists all over the place and... Are, it, is a group, an exper- a conspiracy theory group. So there's a lot of both well, QAnon. That certainly seems to be the case. Right. Or like the Flat right. Earther Society. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. there are there are exactly. So so some definitions. So I would say the three of these that are that are groups are extremism, cults, and gangs. So they're groups. Okay. Okay. Terrorism, as defined in the extremism book from Berger, is a tactic. Right. right. That can be used by an individual, right. i.e. Unabomber, uh, can be used by a group, but it's a tactic. And so we tend to think of a terrorist group as equaling a, an extremist group. Right. But terrorism is not always a tactic that these groups use. But wouldn't a terrorist group, though, like that's a little bit different from terrorism, right? Terrorist group would be sort of a group of extremist people who are using an extreme tactic. That's why they're grouped together, right? Well, he would say, Berger would say, you call it an extremist group that's using terrorism. That's using terrorism. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't use terrorism to to define a group. I see. That makes sense. Because terrorism is used by so many different things. So we just shouldn't say terrorist group. Yeah, so that's, when I talk about the language, that's kind of the language, the current language of the um, research world is that terrorism is a tactic, not not, a group. That makes sense. Extremism is a group, cultural... Gangs, I kind of threw that one in there. It, is, it doesn't really seem to fit, as you picked up on, with extremism and cults. The thing that is similar is that people are drawn to it, mm. and it can pull them away from their core belief, mm. and it can cause them to become violent when otherwise they wouldn't have been. And in that way, it can be analogous to extremism. So we might also include, like, the mafia, 
Yes. Be very similar. Very, very right. similar. Mafia would be more like a gang. Right. Um, and he mentioned the mafia in there, and he did not call them an extremist movement because they had different motivations. They were motivated mm. for profit. Okay. Extremism has a very specific motivation, which we'll get into later. So we might say gangs, for example, might be motivated by um, like security and things of that nature. So. so it might be a little bit different from yeah. extremists. I guess, yep, yeah. yep. Great, great gotcha. wording. Yeah. Okay. Now, so we talked about terrorism. Conspiracy theory, okay? Mm. That is, again, doesn't define a group. It's like although, an idea, right? Yeah, it's an idea. A group might follow or use a conspiracy theory as their creed. Right. Okay, but a conspiracy th theory is just a, it's a theory. It is frequently, individuals frequently follow a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. they're, they're frequently drawn to it, and we'll talk about why individuals might be drawn to thinking about a conspiracy theory. So um, I'm going to essentially now narrow it down to extremism, cults, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what draws in people to conspiracy theories. Very different psychological profile is not the right word, but traits mm. def, um, um, predict extremism versus cults versus conspiracy theories. Very different individuals are drawn to those things. Interesting. Mm. Wow. Because yeah. I would yeah. have guessed there was a lot of overlap between uh, no. conspiracy theories and cults. Yep. And extremism may be something a little different. This this may be a good spot if you think, I think so. It's a good yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. We're going to talk about that when we come back and okay. figure out who these people are that are drawn to these different things. I cannot wait to find that out. Yeah. Uh, and oh, conspiracy theories used to be one of my favorite things. And look, like I never have fallen into any. I, but I used to that just you know of <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> but I mean, it was just so entertaining to me. I would like l love to watch funny. Like, oh my gosh, this is all so silly. And in fact, one of our regiment one of those way back in the day was what's your favorite conspiracy theory, even if Great you don't question. believe it. And dude, it was so much fun. And now it's so serious that it's not fun anymore. It's lost all of its luster. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Dr. Mark Westfall about how cults and radical movements psychologically attract followers, and especially what we narrowed, narrowed in on before we went to the blast break, which was these three different categories and that there are three different types of people that are kind of attracted to those categories. Tell us more. Yeah. Let's go back and so, say okay. those. Extremism, cult, cults, and uh, conspiracy theories. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about cults first. Um, so, and, and there's, when you talk about the psychology of these things, there's two aspects. One is the group psychology that the movement uses to attract people. And then there's the psychology of the individual who might be attracted to that movement. Right. Okay. So in studying that, one of the ways, uh, let's look at the individual first. The uh, research field essentially takes people, for example, in cults, who have been in a cult. Um, most of the research is done with people who've left cults because it's hard to study people while they're in a cult. Sure. Naturally. Mm. Uh, so, and they'll study them and look at personality traits and whatnot and see if there's something in common that um, for the people who stayed there a certain length of time, some people stayed there for many years, some people just briefly, and kind of looking at some of the, the traits, comparing them with each other, and then also them with the uh, population as a whole. Sure. So, so for cults, first of all, let's define a cult. A cult is typically a smaller group of people who have an extreme religious belief or an extreme way of living life. Okay? And it's as opposed to an extremist group. Extremist groups tend to be larger Mm -hmm. Okay, much larger movements. Cults tend to 
be relatively circumscribed. And there often is one charismatic leader that the cult circles around. And often this leader may have um, certain attributes uh, that are of special nature in the minds of the followers. Okay. okay let me ask you a question real quickly, yep. because uh, in our previous, you know, when Joel was on earlier, he referenced, uh, he, he referred to former President Donald Trump as not a president, he said, but a cult leader. Now, when you look at the first part of that definition, that doesn't sound like a cult, uh, because you're talking about 74 million people, for example, who mm-hmm. voted for the former right. president. But when you think about this devotion to a leader who has special qualities, it does seem like some of the more ardent supporters of the former president do seem to view him in that kind of light. So mm-hmm. we would say maybe on some levels, Trumpism might seem a little cultish, but also in some ways is not really the technical definition. Well, I think it's more of, of more likely to align in the definition of extremists. Okay. Because extremism movements often have a charismatic leader as well. Okay. Osama bin Laden. Gotcha. Um, and they're often, the leaders are very different uh, for the two often. But cult leaders tend to be more about focused on um, what what they can do for the follower. Okay. Whereas extremist leaders are more about what the follower can do for them. Interesting. Okay. okay. So the cult leader pulls people in because they're going to change your way of living and they're going to affect you in certain ways and they have a relationship with you, an individual relationship with you. So it's a much more of a, of a relational type of movement. And the person who's attracted to it is very different in that way because it's typically someone who is looking for an identity and um, a change in their life. They're often at a vulnerable place. Now, this can be said also for extremists, sure. but in a different way. The people who f- typically fall into cults are very high on anxiety disorder levels um, and depression levels, mm. suggestibility levels, mm. um, and they're typically at a stage of life where they may have had trauma in their life, and they're looking for stability. Gotcha. And the cult can provide some stability for them. Like a faux stability? Well, it it sort of faux, but actually, I don't know if it's fake or not, because it is stable. It's a group that's consistent. It's a consistent message. It's a consistent belief. It may be an extreme belief that you don't follow, but it is consistent, and it's very family-oriented. But what they do is they being the group that's pulling this person in, is they isolate the person from their family and friends because that's the way they have the most influence. And they have that person who's kind of anxious and maybe a little bit dependent become dependent on them. So the personality traits in the person make them vulnerable for this Right. Um, for this group and for this cult. And it seems so often like, you know, sometimes people refer to like Nexium as like a sex cult. And I'll be like, well, that's redundant because it seems like so often. That's also, what I was going to ask. Yeah, that's my question. There's this like weird sexual element, it seems like, in many cult types of situations. So when you're talking about the relational kind of aspect, you could see where that would also maybe form like these intense bonds between right. people. Like yeah. even the super, and, and most of them are religious, you know, yeah. cults or whatever. It when once you kind of peel back the layers, like, oh, well, it's the, they're doing the guy, it a the, bunch. The guy in charge was doing it with all these people. Like that was well, his thing. That's a very common thing is that you have these uh, sexual traumatized cults. But there are a lot of religious cults that don't have don't any have that aspect. Okay. okay, I was curious. Yeah, there's about a lot that, of uh, that we um, know of. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. it happens everywhere in the world that, sure. that we don't know about. You know, right. I mean, in in every 
you know, humankind yeah. is not kind to each other. Right. Um, but in general, that so that kind of separates cults from what we're going to talk about with extremism. Okay. The vulnerability, the anxiety, um, the suggestibility, the need, the neediness, the kind of dependent, and that the cult leader is really uh, promising a change for that person's life and develop a relationship with them. Okay. And it is often life-changing for that person, not always to the good, obviously. Right. Um, so that's kind of defines that's a come join us we will help you and make your life better yeah better way to live okay all right all right so let's go to let's go to extremism next so extremism um is a typically a much larger movement and it starts off a little bit more amorphous um but as it gains momentum it can it can develop more structure um, and especially if it gets backed by some type of government or, you know, uh, entity, um, you know, a rebel cause or a government cause. ISIS, for example. Exactly. Okay. ISIS is a great example yeah. of an extremist movement. Now, they also practice terrorism. Sure. But Berger would call them an extremist group, not a terrorist group. Right. Okay. Um, an extremist group that uses terrorism. So the, the way that extremism... There's two aspects. We're going to talk about what extremism is, and then we'll talk about what the personality traits are of the person that get drawn to it. Okay. So extremism starts, back to our old topic of groups, as an in-group and an out-group. Okay? And these in-groups and out-groups are just inherent. Often it can be over, you know, resources, uh, fight for resources, or it can be over uh, difference in the way people look, or it can be, you know, many different things define in-group and out-group. But two groups get fully defined. Mm-hmm. And um, the in-group, we'll call the in-group the one that's moving towards extremism, okay? So extremism will have an in-group, and they will define an ideology of what the perfect or pure in-group member is. And so they'll make it kind of an elite group. So you'll have in-group members, and then you'll have eligible in-group members. Okay. And then you've got the out-group. Okay, so eligible in-group members are people who maybe look or think like me or have some similarities, but they haven't quite gotten over to the purification side of things right. yet. This is a fraternity. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought it's so. very yeah. similar. Yeah. Except for where it goes. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is a dynamic that occurs in a lot of different settings. Okay? Exactly right. I mean, sports teams, uh, sure. fraternities. This is a very common type of approach for groups to go. But this takes on global proportions, or at least, you know, uh, regional proportions. Right. So then there will be a, a crisis, um, crisis slash solution dynamic will, evo- will emerge. And there's a host of those. I won't go into the detail. There's like seven different very classic crisis uh, examples. So like, like one, for example, is um, uh, um, dystopia. Like if... The outgroup continues, we're going to move into a state of dystopia. Or if the outgroup continues, we're going to lose our status. Um, there are, let me get there real quick. I'll give you some. Well, so a lot of that does sound reminiscent of some of the themes of uh, former President Trump's, you know, uh, candidacy leading up to 2016. So, yes, you can look, I mean, you, you I'm not surprised, would, would go to what's sure. going on with, with Trump and where that all has gone. Right. Um, and, 
yes, there is an ex- there was some extremism to the dynamics. Now that doesn't mean, and I want to make sure listeners understand yeah. that if you're Republican or voted for Trump, that doesn't mean you're an extremist group. Sure, right? yeah. but there is in the rhetoric there were some resonations of that with that, and then in the some of the extremist followers who attacked the Capitol, sure. very much an extremist group, and so, to that extremist yeah. group. He was their leader. Now, he may not have seen himself as, quote-unquote, their leader, but they certainly saw him as their leader. Yeah, and he, leading up to his own election, would talk about like this the hellscape that is America or and also this idea of the loss of status and they're taking you're not going to have a country. If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. That kind of uh, rhetoric yep. certainly would yep. play into that. Yes, sure. exactly. Yeah. All right, so, so they create this crisis, right. and then— the extremist uh, group will point to a solution being riddance of the right, outgroup. Right. Okay. Classic examples of this in history are Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany, yeah. And um, honestly, white um, supremacists and the KKK movement. Sure. Their identity was white versus black for the KKK. And their... Crisis was, we're going to lose our way of life. We're losing what we have as Americans, quote-unquote. And the solution was to rid themselves of the outgroup. That is what makes, according to Berger, that last step makes an extremist movement extremism. extremism. The tying together the need to... Rid yourself of the outgroup in order to achieve your goal. Right. Okay. And that's what takes it to a violent level. Um, you can have extremists. You can again, extremism is not one place in time. It's a continuum. Sure. Okay. That people get there gradually, but to get all the way there, once that group, once the identity is, it's us versus them, and we've got to get rid of them. You now have involved yourself in an extremist group, and. It is. It becomes violent. They may use terror sure. to facilitate their goal, um, but they don't have to use terror to facilitate their goal. Um, so that is that is kind of the definition of extremism, and you see that's very different than cults. Cults typically don't yeah. have an outgroup that they're trying to extinguish. They're trying to insulate themselves yes. from the yeah. outgroup. Exactly. Have very you had a chance approach. yet to read uh, Isabel Wilkerson's book Cast? It's relatively new. Came out uh-uh. this summer. It's fascinating, and she looks at uh, the American system and the way that it is arguably a caste system, you know, compared to like India, for example. But then also looks at Nazi Germany and uh, opened my eyes to some of the ways in which it was actually the American South and Jim Crow that, in some ways, inspired the Nazis. Like they looked to the Jim Crow South as like inspiration for like how. Can, and sometimes they were like, we can't be quite as extreme as those people. It was fascinating. It's a, <laughs> yeah. a really interesting read. So. Well, and one of the things that Berger does in the beginning of his book is he gives a historical overview of uh, of mankind's history from, yeah. you know, um, B.C. And how over the span of history, mankind has done this repeatedly. Sure. So the sad news is that some of this seems to be hardwired into the way that mankind behaves when we get into in-groups and out-groups and how how we can get so polarized and extreme yeah. that we can become so 
um, against the outgroup that we would want to rid ourselves of them. Yeah. And that, to me, is the scary part of anything that's going on within our society. Of course, we're somewhat like a caste society because, I mean, that humans sure. do that when they get together. They tend, I mean, you heard, um, uh, who was the gentleman before me? Joel Pryor. Joel, yep. talking about uh, in the recording industry. There's right. A, there's a class. He system. used the word caste. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, we tend, sure. we as people identify with groups. It's what we And hierarchies. Do. Those are, yeah, those right. are groups. It's yeah. not just that groups exist, but also we have an idea of which of them is the best and in charge yes. and which of them is well, subordinate. Yes, and, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, um, all right. So now let's talk about the personality traits of someone who's drawn to mm -hmm. extremism. Right. It is not an anxious, depressed, dependent, someone searching for um, stability. Who is it? It is someone actually... Here's the fascinating part: is they don't tend to have any specific psychopathology mm. um, to their personality traits. They don't have any one that just pre clearly predictive of what pulls them to that. But some things stand out: um, anger. Okay. Okay. Which you know you can have at any time. Anger is not a personality trait. Anger is an emotion. I've had some anger in the last month or so when you and I've spoken. <laughs> In recent uh, episodes of this podcast, exactly, right. curl up into a ball. <laughs> but so if all right, so anger if that's a part of like a like a undercurrent of someone's personality, right. um, hate, anger, sure. hate, yeah. disgust, injustice, mm. a history of humiliation. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of these, um, and then th that's their emotion and their affect part of that um, history of behaviors. Violent behaviors in the past predict future violent behaviors. Sure. That doesn't mean that if you've never been violent, you won't be moved to violence if, right. if, the, if the call so moves you. But people that are most likely to jump over to extremism the quickest are the ones who have violence in the past. One of the things that, that probably turns people off from extremism is when it turns violent. Great example, okay, of the attack on the Capitol. Sure. I'm not, uh, let's not, again, I'm not labeling people who are following Trump extremists, but the groups that attack the Capitol have been described as extremists, and sure. I think that fits the definition. Many people who may have been pulling towards um, some of those views when the attack happened said, whoa. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah. Okay. And the violence itself is often what turns people off from extremism. Uh, I think that's a helpful thing to know. Right. We want to appeal to people when they're at that point, no matter how far they've gotten down the path, when they begin to show signs of, hey, I'm not sure I want to follow that movement anymore. That's when we want to reach out to them, even if you, you know, have been telling them all along, hey, I think you're going down the wrong path. That's not the time to say, see, I told you you're going down the wrong path. It's the time to say, hey, yeah, come on over here. Let's, let's figure out a better way to go about this. Sure. You know, let's figure out a better way to, to address your concerns and not be violent about it. Um, because that's one of the things that tends to stop people from going any further. Yeah. One of the cognitive styles that is often characteristic for people who follow extremism is a, um, a dogmatic kind of a absolutist person. It's black and white. Sure. They need to know, you know what the answer is. Mm. Okay? Right. And they're very pragmatic about it. So it, it's... It's very appealing to them when someone says, I've got the answer. 
oh, thank goodness somebody's got the answer because there's a lot of chaos going on yeah. and you've got the answer? Good, because I've been looking for an answer. What's your answer? And, and then they pull you into this you know, slow, gradual um, uh, uh, sales pitch on why they've got the answer. It's not like, oh, you got to go kill somebody. It's more of slow and sure. gradual. They, they just kind of reel you in gradually, right? Um, I saw an interaction with someone recently where they said, this is the thing that makes sense to me, right? And they pitched what the thing was. And someone else came in and wisely pointed out, like, well, wait a second. It's actually a little bit more complex than that. And here are a couple of reasons why it's more complex. And the first person came back and said, yeah, but I like simple things. And then they went on to say, and I quote, I crave simplicity. And I was like, well, sure, you you dope. Don't we all? But I mean, it's... Just because you like things to be simple doesn't yeah. mean they're simple. No, and that is what yeah. is one of the most appealing things yeah. about extremist movements. And now we're segueing over to conspiracy theories. Yay! It, <laughs> is it provides an explanation? Sure. For something that is not understood. Um, I feel like we're probably gonna have a lot on this one. Yep. Let's go. Great break time. Okay. Good. Yep. <laughs> this is a perfect time for a break. Um, okay, hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall, uh, not just talking about Les Newby, but also talking about, of course, the cults, extremism, and conspiracy theories, and the different types of people that go into these groups. Now we're focusing on conspiracy theories, and mm-hmm. mm, my chops are yeah, just yeah, cannot yeah. wait for this. Yeah. Well, this one's you know fascinating uh, as well. Um, so let's talk about what a conspiracy theory is, kind of from our de- my definition of tonight. Um, it's it's essentially a false belief. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a conspiracy theory. Um, Sometimes, interestingly, though, conspiracy theories get proven. I was about to say, in fairness. Right. Yeah, it doesn't mean mean they're wrong by definition. Well, so that's a good question. Um, But it is, essentially, it is the definition but if it's proven right, then it's no longer conspiracy theory. But you know, here's theory. the thing. It's the word theory that's important because right. conspiracies have existed. Yes, they okay. have. So, but when you're like, I have a conspiracy theory and we're going to form a group around that, that usually suggests that the thing at the center is not real. Right. Okay. It doesn't have to be a group. It's Again, just it can be just theory. one person. It's just like forming conspiracy right. theories or right. going after them and right. researching right. them. Okay. Right. Right. So for the definition, we're going to say it's, it, it, it appears to be a false a belief. A false belief. Okay. Okay. That generally implicates some sort of malevolent force. Sure. Um, that's involved in orchestrating major events uh, or providing misinformation regarding details of events to an unsuspecting audience. Right. Okay. And that's kind of the basics of what a conspiracy theorist is in tonight's conversation. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, and they're very common. One poll, there was like up to 50% of people polled in the United States endorsed at least one conspiracy theory belief. So this is not something Hmm. like, oh, I would never follow a conspiracy theory. There are a lot of people following conspiracy theories right now. Uh, Yeah. When we asked the question on the morning show, it was shocked by how many people. So I think, again, anytime there's a a large... Number of people, you got to stop and say, wait a minute, what's going on in human society? Sure. What is going on with the increase in conspiracy theory? We could have a whole conversation about that, but let's, I'm going to bystep that for a second and talk about some of the traits that lead someone to be a conspiracy theorist. Because most conspiracy theorists 
start off as individuals. They may come across something that they that they uh, resonates with them, and they begin following it. Mm-hmm. But often, conspiracy theory starts with an individual. I have a theory about something. Even one that people are following often starts with one person. Do we talk about like let's talk about uh, QAnon for a second? Okay, sure. So we think you know, I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm not I'm not an expert in this, but we think from what I could read that QAnon may have been started by one or three people, um, and then it took hold and became kind of a movement. Right. Right. I think that technology is definitely putting fuel on conspiracy theory fires. Oh, big time. All the time. And big I'm not time. sure society knows what's going to happen with this. There's I'm no question. I'm not being gloom and doom. Sure. I'm just saying, I think that it would have been hard for someone with a conspiracy theory to get as many people to believe it before we had this communication. That seems obvious to me. Does that seem right. obvious to y'all? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. All right. So, um, you know, that's why when you say, you know, in the 30 years ago, we could have said, ah, it's really the odd individual who comes up with conspiracy theory. It's not so odd anymore. Right. And it's not just the connection. It is very common. A- yeah. It's not just the easy connection that you have with people thanks to technology. It's the algorithms that things like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter use, yes. and especially YouTube. Yep. And and look, I, I'm a big fan of Google and YouTube and whatever, but I'm not a fan of the algorithm that takes you down this rabbit right. hole right. on but, purpose. Right. Well, one of the approaches of extremism and cults and conspiracy theory groups is to, but, is to isolate the individual so that the only information they're getting is from them. Sure. So as humans, you know, we get information essentially two ways, experience and then information transmitted from someone else. Right. That's essentially how we get information. That number two has been exponentially increased with technology and unfortunately exponentially narrowed. And that number two is number two. Yes, it is number two. Yes, yeah, can exactly. be number two. No. Which is why I always go back to number one and tell people, right. have an experience with that individual. Sure. Understand what they are thinking. Um, and, and don't go by what you hear. Sure. As much. I mean, obviously, we have to, you know, we learn by what we hear. We, we can't not listen to things, but we really need to balance it. And we need to balance it by turning off the TV, turning off the, uh, the computer more, and interacting with people. Absolutely. People not like us. No question. We've talked about that 100%. before. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, what are the, some of the personality traits that might lead someone to be, be a conspiracy theorist? All right. What you got? I think this research, honestly, is not can't keep up with the technological changes because this is going to describe what I think are some of the more traditional old school conspiracy theorists. Like moon landing kind of? Not like, well, before before it was so mainstream to, to be caught up in a conspiracy theory. Okay. Because the typical conspiracy theorist in this research, personality traits had to do something with what's called schizotypal, which uh, sounds like schizophrenia for a reason. These are people who have odd or magical thinking. Okay. Odd behavior, often um, um, blunted affect or blunted emotions. They're kind of distant. They're off to themselves, um, and so they're they're very odd, quote it's unquote. Like tin foil hat. So maybe so. Maybe yeah. yeah what yeah, do you I mean? I think that would be a good. That's a classic. Like ooh, 
weird acting weird kind yeah, of yeah i guess so we'll okay. go with that um so i don't think that describes many people who i've talked to recently who are somewhat following a conspiracy theory at this point like what would be a contemporary like even QAnon. i mean i think some gotcha. there are some people who are following some of that and say i think that's real or it has I think it has some some validity. They but they make, seem like normal people. They're but, not like you know. But they're yeah they're, sure. they don't they're not to that extreme. And so I think the but the people who maybe originated it might have felt might have fit that bill a little bit more. Interesting. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because it's a typically a very odd individual who who is comes up with a conspiracy theory. They're often also somewhat distrusting, a little paranoid about society in general. Yep. People who are drawn to following a conspiracy theory, not developing it in, the, in and of themselves, I think are more are, are more likely to be to ha- more likely not to have any obvious uh, psychopathology. Right. And I think one of the things that draws people to conspiracy theories, as we just alluded to before, is the need for an answer. Right. And conspiracy theories definitely simplify a complex, um, not well understood issue and make it simple. And that is what I think is appealing sure. to many people. So I'm going to, the, to the average listener, if there is such a thing, is to think about, because I have a lot of people who've told me they're concerned about a family member who's going down this path. I mean, this is not on the edges anymore. This is really mainstream. So that right. this is a different situation than what we've dealt with in the past, you know, decades. And so what I want to tell that person is help them communicate with their loved one about what this theory is doing for them. Right. We have been in a very heightened state of anxiety as a country. Yep. For a lot of reasons. And when people are anxious, they look for things to calm their anxiety, and answers are one of the things we look to, solutions. Sure. And I think people are very vulnerable right now. The average population is very vulnerable to be pulled up into any uh, movement or cause that says they have the answer. And uh, I, I think that that's, if you think about humans and how we're in need of something. Yeah. You might can help that individual meet that need and hear other solutions from you that that compete with the conspiracy theory. Because I guess we'll, we're coming close to it, and I'll, I'll yeah. kind of end with this, that one of the most helpful things for any of these um, categories, the cults, extremism, conspiracy theory, followers, the one thing that is consistent between the three that is a protective mechanism to being pulled into them mm-hmm. are family and friend contacts. Okay. Sure. Communication with other people who can kind of check you with where you're headed. Um, the, that was one of the, throughout the studies, one of the things that clearly helps to, to protect people or help them get out of these situations when they're in them, the better relationships and more connection they have with their family or friends 
the more chance they had of getting out of this situation that they had gotten themselves into. And herein lies the difficulty because, you know, uh, not too long ago, a couple of weeks back, The Daily did, uh, you know, an episode yeah. about people who've been sucked into QAnon. And part of the problem is that those people have now disassociated from their friends and family oh, is, who did not. That is part of the movement. And yeah, that's, and that's part that's, of rate. That's part of culture. That's why it works. Cult- Exactly. So, yeah. but don't give up as family members. Right. Keep reaching out because at some point, and on a compassionate level, not yeah, to correct yes, people. It exactly, to, yeah. it has to be the right way because exactly. that's what they talked about in that episode. Was yeah. the girl? She kept saying, "My sister is reaching yeah. out. She's concerned." But in, in the way she was reaching yeah. out was was wrong. Even though to she, correct her, yeah, to correct her basically. Yeah. It's, and all, it's like, all about love. You just completely gotta, wrote her yep. off. You got it. It's all about love, and it's, and it's about demonstrating your love for them and, and acceptance of of what whatever they're going through that led them to that yeah. um, and main trying to maintain contact because what will happen at some point is that person will come up against something that has them possibly question what happened. Like I said, if it, if the group moves to violence yeah. can happen or if the leader does something that disenchants them, there'll be a window, a narrow window of opportunity to say, wait a minute. Now they're open to reconceptualizing something. Okay, opportunities for change, which is what I said when when the whole thing about storming the Capitol, I said, we're at a window. Mm-hmm. This was a window. This action actually, as I told you, I felt very um, hopeful that day because I saw an action that I thought was going to be a window for people to check themselves at what they had been following. And you've seen some of that. So I think that, that stay staying in a loving relationship with that person, accepting relationship, even though you may not understand why they're there, and look for those windows of opportunity to show them you still care and there are other options. There are openings. Like when you see Mitch McConnell say clearly the president was responsible for doing these things, you think like, hey, there's hope. Yeah. And then later when you see (laughs) him say, I'm still going to support him, then you think, well, shoot. But still, you know what we got Sometimes the window closes, Reed. You got to be hopeful. (laughs) How did you see that so fast? I just read it on Twitter. It's behind me on the TV. I got a notification. Okay, yeah. Anyway, but the point is, listen, in all seriousness, The thing, and I know you and I have had some heated words. I was telling someone earlier tonight, like, this is the weirdest thing about why Mark and I have had these weird interactions. But at the end of the day, there's no question that the thing that you and I agree on is that human beings are individuals, are human beings. Everyone is deserving of dignity and respect. And the more that we can focus on those things, um, the better outcomes are going to be for everyone. There's no question. I love you, man. That's right. And I love you, too. And, and, and I think the fact that you and I have had some weird conversations just shows, like what you said earlier, these are strange times, people are tense, we have heightened emotions, but at the end of the day, if we focus on human connections, that's really the answer. Yeah, it's the time to have these conversations. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and ratings are up when you guys argue. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I crawl into a ball oh, in the corner, geez. it helps yeah. overall. <laughs> All right. Mark, great stuff, man, as Thanks. always. Appreciate yeah, it, guys. Of course. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter, at Lockamy Brothers. 